now see the light of morning. The mighty God, the Prince of Peace, a child to
hello to all of you. I want to welcome you here for our Christmas Eve service and also want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Would you please stand and join with me for our call to worship? You can join in by reading the underlying portions on the screen. Good news, unspeakable joy, a great light has burst forth, overcoming the darkness. A child is born for us, a son has been given, bringing a kingdom of endless peace. We shall call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Come, let us see what God has brought us. Let us see what the Lord has done. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to all. Amen. Let's sing together. Hark the herald angels sing. Oh, 
Lord for us. The announcement that was made to the shepherds, it says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping their watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Too bad. 
read the underlying portions with me? Scripture says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of his peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this.
song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. joy in our hearts for all that Christ has done for us and for him coming. Joy to the world.
come let us adore and oh come let us adore him oh come let us adore him oh come let us adore him Christ the Lord praise his name Um, we want to proclaim the greatest news in the history of the universe, that the Son of God, eternally begotten, became a man, born in a stable to go and hang on a cross for sinners so that we could be yours and belong to you. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity tonight to come together as a church family to celebrate together. We ask that you be honored and glorified in this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may take your seats. Well, hey, once again, Merry Christmas, Four Oaks. I'm Paul Gilbert, lead pastor, if we don't know each other. So glad that you were here. You know, we were all originally supposed to be out under the <clears throat> stars outside, and I was texting the staff at like 515, like, are you sure we can't do this? And they were like, you've lost your mind. But we are glad you're here, and you just need to know, and again, pastors aren't supposed to say things like this. This is probably maybe my favorite service of the year, and one of the reasons is that many of you who have moved away and are coming back to visit friends or family, you come, and you're jumping right in with those of us who are here on a regular basis, and it's just an awesome thing, church, when God's people from different times and places and eras who may not even know each other, come together to worship Christ from different times in different places. It is just so sweet. It is just a taste of heaven. And thank you so much for being here with us. If you have your Bibles, you can open to Galatians chapter 4. We've been camping out during this Advent season in Galatians 4, looking at two verses and we've just sort of been marinating in these verses. And if you're new here tonight or coming in from out of town and, hey, I didn't have time to go download the sermons or listen ahead of time or get the Cliff Notes version, let me just very briefly, in, in the form of a slide here, tell you where we've been and then where we're going to spend just a few minutes tonight. From before the foundation of the world, God's plan, and all of these begin with a P, right? This is why you go to seminary so you can learn this sort of stuff. Before the foundations of the world, God's plan was to send forth his pre-existent, eternally begotten son to be present among us as human beings so that he could purchase and redeem us through his death from our bondage to sin and slavery. And if we simply stopped there right now and went home, we would have said much. 
Church, we would have said truthful things. We would have said crucial things. We would have, we would have said life-giving, eternally important, vital things. I mean, just think about all that's wrapped up in that, the forgiveness of sins, freedom from slavery, eternal life. But yet if we stopped there, we would not get to the ultimate thing, the, the, the ultimate purpose for which Christ came to earth 2,000 years ago. What was it? Listen to Galatians chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 4 through 7, and just be reminded of this anew. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you were no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. There are three little words I want us just to hone in on for a very brief amount of time tonight. And, and imagine, church, as you go home tonight, these are three little words that are sort of like a spiritual IV that are that's sort of hooked and plugged into your arm, that's giving you nourishment, that's giving you life, that are just sort of banners, pegs to hang your hat on, so to speak, as we come to the end of this Advent season. And the first is found in verse 5. We just read it, so that, and I'm already playing a pastor game with you, so Pastor Paul, that's two words. In the Greek, it's one. Hina. In order to, as a consequence of, like as an example, parents of little kids, all of your kids are going to get up at 3 a.m. this morning, right? So that they can open presents and make you question your decision to procreate, right? That's going to happen. In the same way, what is Paul saying here? Christ came to die, yes and amen. We absolutely want to say that. He came to redeem us from our sins, that we have forgiveness. Hallelujah, that is an amazing truth. But listen, church, this redemption, this forgiveness was a means to something ultimate, was a means to something greater, and here it is. The reason Jesus was born as a son, listen, is so that we could become sons. Jesus came as a son of man so that we could become sons of God. Church, we are right as Christians, as good Protestants, to, to champion and celebrate and proclaim the reality of justification through the death of Christ. I mean, it's an amazing thing to be declared righteous, to be forgiven, to be freed from sin. And in these, regarding these realities of justification, J.I. Packer, who's with the Lord, he died this year, rightly says that the, these are, in fact, the greatest truths of the gospel. However, Packer goes on to say that while justification is the greatest truth of the gospel, it is not the greatest blessing. Packer says the greatest blessing 
of the gospel is our adoption as sons and daughters, which brings us to our second word, adoption. Look back at the text, verse 5. The Greek word for adoption, we weothesia, that'll be required test to get out of the sanctuary tonight. It's a compound word. It means to place a son. That's what it literally means. Here's what's interesting about this word. Do you realize that before the New Testament, this word does not appear anywhere in the literature of antiquity in the Greek? Nowhere. It is only after Paul uses the word here. In fact, many people believe Paul is the one who invented this word, that it appears outside of the Bible. And and the reason I think Paul came up with this unique term to place a son is that he wants us to remember here this Advent season, the very heart of the gospel. You see, we have been rescued from sin and judgment and death, but adoption reminds us what we have been rescued to, what we have been rescued for. We don't just play our Monopoly card and get out of jail free, have our sins forgiven, our debts canceled. We actually, once we place our faith in Christ, have an eternal, living, breathing, personal relationship with the God of the universe. Commentator says this, God's purpose in redemption has always been to bring his people to a full realization of their personal relationship with him as sons and to a full possession of their inheritance. I've been watched the series this COVID season. It's about a young girl who was orphaned in a car accident. And she is relocated to an orphanage where she grows up and where she is taught to play chess by the orphanage janitor. And it's about how she began this journey by learning chess in the basement of this janitor to becoming the world's greatest chess player. But after she had lived in this particular orphanage for about a decade or so, she was finally adopted. And she was adopted by a troubled family. The mother was very troubled. She had substance abuse problems. And at the beginning, mom and daughter had merely a legal relationship. See, this young girl had been freed from the orphanage. She had been given a roof over her head. She had been given food on the table, clothes on her back. Yet, there was no love. And the series is about this mother and daughter and their relationship and how they actually grew to love each other deeply. See, guys, in the Christian life, the legal transaction that has happened by God declaring us not, right, not guilty and righteous in his sight is not an end to itself. It was a means for us to enter family, for us to be a part of the family of God, for us to have an eternal relationship with the God of the universe. That's what Paul is driving at here. See, we have more than a legal transaction at play if we have placed our faith in Christ. Do you know, Christian, that you now call the God of the universe what Paul calls 
him here. Father or Abba, and that's our third word. Interesting word, another interesting word. It's not Greek in origin. It's a word carried over from the Aramaic, and that was the language that was spoken by Jesus. It's like when you're reading something in English and you come across a word that's French or Latin, and it's because we've retained it and adopted it. Coup de gras and coup de grace, and I always get those two confused, but you get what I'm saying. Par excellence. We, they, these, these ancient words have made their way into our vocabulary, and this is a word from the Aramaic that made its way into the Greek vocabulary, and here's why. There is one time in Jesus's ministry that Jesus utters this word, Abba. It is when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he says, Father or Abba, if it's your will, take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will. Every Jew knew this term. It was a Jew, it was a term of intimacy, a familiarity. Sometimes, sometimes, the Jews refer to God as Father in a formal sense, like we might call our human father's father, but that's typically pretty formal. It's only when we go and have a cup of coffee with pops, right, or dad, as we ask him for money, that we get to the heart of things, that we have that familial relationship. The scripture writers thought this was so profound to describe the nature of our relationship with God, they kept this term Abba. You see, God doesn't want us, as we celebrate his coming tonight, to just simply walk in the assurance that our sins are forgiven and that we're not guilty. We do, and that's so amazing. But he wants us to walk in the assurance that he loves us, that we belong to him, that he's with us, And that he's also in us. Look at verse 7. God has sent his spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now, here's something interesting. Who's crying out in this verse? Who's crying out in this verse? Do you realize it's actually, who's crying, Abba, Father? Do you know it's actually the Holy Spirit who is crying, Abba, Father? It's not us, at least not initially. What this means is that when Jesus' Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, Jesus' Spirit testifies with our spirit. And when we are discouraged and alone and frightened and in despair, as is so often the case in the holiday season, it's the Spirit within us that says, you belong to God. God is your dad. God is your intimate Abba. Call out to him. He's calling out to you. Guys, this is why, and and I'm thankful for this, so many in this church have adopted or, or done foster care. Some of you have kids in your home right now. And this is why adoption is such an amazing picture of the gospel. You see, what every child being brought into a family wants more than anything else is not just a roof over their head. They want love and affirmation from the heart. Listen to what John Piper says. Adopted children do not infer that they are our children by checking out the adoption papers. How many times have your kids asked for the adoption papers, right? 
A spirit pervades our relationship that bears witness to this reality. Like the other children in the family, they all cry, Daddy. Whether you've adopted or not, parents, when your children are feeling estranged, isolated, lonely, unloved, do you pull out their birth certificate to to remind them whom they belong to? No. No, you don't. Some of you can't find it, right? You can't find it. That's not what they need in that moment, right? What do they need? They need you. That's why, as a church, when we are celebrating here at Christmas the incarnation, the greatest gift that God has given us is himself. Listen to 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Folks, we're going to do something we typically don't do on Christmas Eve because, let's be honest, it's a little chaotic out there. But we're going to take communion together tonight because it is through the wine and the juice that we are reminded that through the incarnation of Jesus, we have intimate fellowship with each other and with the Father. And I'm praying for you, Four Oaks, this season for the full realization in your hearts and minds of who God is with, among, and in you. And may he capture your hearts anew. You can pull out your communion elements And parents, let me just say this. Don't look at this as a burden, trying to figure out what to do with your kids. Use it as an opportunity. Use it as an opportunity to tell them what in the world. Do do you realize that when the Hebrew children were getting ready to cross the Red Sea and escape from Egypt, and their parents were putting blood over the door, and they were like, Mom and Dad, what weird thing are you doing? And they got to explain year after year after year in the same way church, remind one another of what we're all about and why we're doing this. John 15, 15 says this, guys, what a call for Jesus, God with us. No longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you. Let's take his body together. Paul tells us this in Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ through his blood. Let's take it together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, what an amazing, divine, supernatural miracle. It was your plan to send your pre-existent son to be present with us to purchase our redemption so that we might be adopted into your family. Lord, take everything else from us away in this life, but don't take yourself away. Don't take your presence away. Lord, thank you for coming and dying 
on that cross, Lord, in looming in the background of that manger from the earliest seconds of your life was the cross, which you pursued with relentless abandon in order that we might be adopted into your family. Lord, we thank you for that amazing miracle and reality. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, four oaks, over the past four weeks, we have walked through this glorious passage of Scripture found in Galatians chapter 4. And at the end of each of these messages, we've lit one of these candles as a, a, a physical sign of a spiritual reality. The fact that the light that's been shining from the very beginning of time, Jesus Christ, would take on human flesh. And that he would then shine his light and his love to all those who would trust and follow after him. And so as we prepare to light this center candle, the Christ candle, I want us to read this passage of scripture found in John chapter 1, responsively, if you'll read the underlying portions with me. This is about Jesus Christ. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own. And his own people did not receive him. Read the next portion with me. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. As we light this Christ candle tonight, we want to rejoice. We want to rejoice in the fact that the light was shining right there in Bethlehem so long ago that Jesus Christ shined his light continually through his life and ultimately and most gloriously through his death and his resurrection, that he shines his light into the hearts of all of those who trust in him, and that even right now, through, just as we read in John chapter 1, those who believe in him who are children of God, that we can shine the light of Jesus Christ to our neighbors, to our friends, to our family members, to our communities, and ultimately to our world. And so now we're going to light this candle together. And as you are taking your candles out, or for you kids, your glow sticks, this is a sign for us that we are receiving the light of Christ and shining his light to everyone. And now let's sing, O Holy Night, together. And oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the 
Well, Four Oaks, thank you so much for coming tonight. And just as God sent his son into the world in the evening long, long ago, so he sends us as sons and daughters into this world to be his light and love to all those who we come into contact with. And so now listen to these good words from Jesus Christ from Matthew chapter 5. This is what he says to us. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Hey, thank you so much for coming tonight. You guys have a Merry Christmas.